be with the correct amount. D20 Radio, your gamers roll. www.d20radio.com Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Transmissions from the Ninth World. Again, I'm here, David Brown. With me as always, Eric Coates. Howdy. And Jim Ryan. Greetings. And uh, we, we've been been away a little bit. Uh, some winter colds, Florida afford several of us, but uh, we're oh, yeah. still kicking. Yep, aren't uh, dead yet. We're, we're back in the, the swing. Every morning, I wake up sounding like Tom Waits. <laughs> <laughs> my wife likes it. I wake up sounding like Barry White. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> and my wife doesn't like it that much because I just wake up with snot all over my face. <laughs> Lovely. All right, so um, we'll get right into it. It's been a happening month for Numenera. Lots of big announcements, lots of big things. Uh, so we'll cover that in our typical Numenera news section. Uh, in our main section, we're going to be discussing um, the Numenera of Numenera, um, the items that per- that make up, uh, I guess, the, the artifacts. The, well, we'll get into all the different categories, but the things that you find that are from other cultures – the technological uh, baubles, uh, I would say, that you find that that make the world so interesting. What the hell is this, basically? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then um, we'll we'll wrap up with our our new segment we started last time, kicking it forward. Lots of nice uh, kickstarters out there that you guys should take a look at. So um, so we'll get right in. Um, Numenera in the news. I still think we need to come up with some like CNN. You know, <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'm Numenera in the news. This is Numenera in the news. Anyways, um, so okay, so one of the big announcements uh, recently, um, they you know last time we talked about that they're coming out with a computer game, a spiritual successor to uh, Planescape Torment. Um, they have now named the pro the game it's going to be called Torment Tides of Numenera. I thought you were just going to say torment, waiting for Numenera to come out. <laughs> <laughs> That's the game I'm playing, playing right now. <laughs> I like that. Um, the, uh, there is a website for it as well. Um, in Exile, who's also been uh, raised some money successfully on Kickstarter doing the Wasteland 2, is is doing the game mm. and um, they, they have a uh, Kickstarter that's in the wings wait, waiting to be, uh, to be launched. For this new game, so look look out for that. Obviously, and yeah, they mentioned it on MTV.com. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, very cool, very cool. Yeah, it's it got uh, when it was announced, it got uh, press from uh, Forbes magazine. So, um, you know, it's it's computer industry news, and uh, for for as much of a maybe not a, a huge hit, but a, a well known game that Planescape Torment is, it's it's always ranked very high on a lot of them. Um, a lot of people's lists of, of classic role-playing games that was just so different that it really stood out. So uh, looking forward to the game. And I'm actually yeah. looking forward to it, which is kind of odd. Computer yeah. games being yeah. you know, the bane of my existence nowadays. Yeah. Uh, I finally had a chance to play a little bit of Planescape Torment. Oh. Um, and that's, I, I am, I've only been at like the, the starting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it's already pretty cool. I just like the personality work. The, the, the work on the personalities that's uh, that are they're inhabiting the NPCs on it so far. Oh, it's yeah, really absolutely. Cool. The uh, floating skull just always. Yes. <laughs> if it was Roderick, it would be really funny, but I don't remember what it was. Um, or it was Europe, cool. It's Europe, amazing. Europe, that's what I was thinking. See, I'm misquoting Shakespeare already. Ah, yeah. that's okay. I don't think do. he's going to worry. Yeah, he, he's not turning in his grave. Yeah, he won't mind. I mean, you know, if he if he'd have uh, unearthed himself and gone after people at, at this point, he'd have gone after Kenneth Branagh years ago. So I think <laughs> too true. That that's a movie in the making, isn't it? Kind of like a zombie <laughs> Shakespeare after Kenneth Branagh. Anyways, all right, I'm sure so, it's coming. Yeah, all right. Um, 
So, so that's the exciting news, obviously. And as I said, there's a website. It's a placeholder website right now, but um, they did, you know, release some graphics and and a pretty cool um, image, uh, probably from one of Monty's group. Um, but uh, there's some voting on it too. Actually, they were kind of trying to uh, nail down a couple uh, things that people might want from the Kickstarter. Good, good. Thank you for bringing that up. I totally forgot about that. Yes. Uh, totally. And and lots of questions were about, you know, do, do people want like physical copies of the Numenera role-playing game? Do yeah. people want, um, you know, no, no physical, just digital, you know, add-ons? Um, very interesting kind of mix of options. So, yeah, yeah. So go and vote if you're interested. Yeah, definitely get in there and, and get your voice heard. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, and, and obviously they've been in the works. Um, Brian Fargo, um, the kind of lead of the, the game has been, uh, has tweeted about meeting with Monty and, and kind of getting the ground running for the Numenera side of things. So that's exciting. And Monty's obviously been busy cause he's also, um, uh, been, uh, there was a tweet from Todd Rowland from, uh, Rowland. I don't know how to pronounce his last name from AEG, um, talking about the, uh, Thunderstone game, which, uh, I actually went out and bought, Thunderstone advanced yesterday, finally, um, in preparation for the Thunderstone Numenera game coming out. It seems like it'd be a really fun game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Monty's really set this up to be quite the multimedia experience between the RPG, the card game from the Thunderstone, the video game, and as well as the, the movie he's going to have to make. Uh, of the, <laughs> the, 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 arc. the animated short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, very cool. Very cool. Um, we did uh, also this month wrap up the, the play test. Um, and um, and then, of course, uh, the beginning of the month, I, I launched, uh, or beginning of January anyway, I launched the uh, Ninth World Hub, and that's now, we've got over 114 members. So um, definitely growing in leaps and bounds, thanks to Monty's support and acknowledgement of the site. And, uh, um, you know, he and Shanna are both... Uh, members of the site. Uh, so definitely, definitely, uh, moving in the right direction. Lots of, act- out. lots of activity from all around the world, actually. So, you know, uh, if you're interested in talking with people from Spain or just all over the place, get on and get your Numenera on. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I was able to do a online play test with some guys from the site who um, were from Spain and they were, a absolute pleasure to to play with, and uh, um, I know of at least uh, one guy from from Italy who who's been quite active and and uh, become a good friend, and uh, lots of others uh, on the site. So it's we're really Numenera uh, uh, is really going to get its footing, you know, its its foundation well for a fan base. So I'm excited about that because that just means that it'll be around longer, and and you know, we continue to have more support and more products. I wonder if Monty's going to people go. If... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I just I was just going to I was just rousing curiosity here. I wonder if uh Monty's going to translate it into different languages. Yeah, I don't remember if that was part of it. Any... I don't either. Yeah. It'd be worth. But it seems like there's a lot of like yeah. it's very multicultural. There's a lot of people out there that that uh want it, which is great. It's fantastic yeah. to see so many different uh cultures like wrapped around a, a single role-playing game. I, I mean, I'm sure they're there are many other ones as well, but uh, sure. it's just it's just neat to see. Well, you know, and being part of this and being part of the Ninth World Hub, I've I've really been exposed to a lot of you know gamers from other other cultures, and it's really expanded my horizon too, and which is a thrill. And one of the guys I played with has has been playing has a part in the uh, the a Spanish game, and I'm I'm not going to ever be able to pronounce it, but it's um it translates to Adventures from the East March, um and it. It's uh, pretty pretty awesome. It looks like a kind of a modernization slash retro old school D and D. It's a very interesting looking uh, system. Beautiful um, quality. I would love to see that translated into English. Yeah, yeah. From what you've shown me, I was like, wow. It, it needs it needs an English translation too. Yeah, yeah. Bad. <laughs> Let's get a Kickstarter started. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, what were you going to say, Jim? We we kind of. Talked over you. Oh, I was just going to say, where should folks go if they want to check out the Ninth World Hub? Oh, thanks for that nice plug. Uh, NinthWorldHub.com. It's uh, pretty easy to get to um, uh, and uh, very accessible. You can read just about anything on there, even not being a member. But you know, please be a member. Show your voice and, and 
you know, let everybody know that you support Numenera. It can only help and uh, help the discussions. And, and obviously as the NDAs begin to get lifted later on in the, in the process, then, you know, some of the chatter can really expand. Um, but uh, it's a, it's a good group of people very interested in sharing the news. And I try to stay on top of everything. So anything I see, I, I try to get on there immediately, even if, you know, through our, our Twitter, Twitter following feed, we, we pick up it there too, but either way, the news is going to get on our site. So it's really trying to make it to be the central place for Numenera fan news. So, um, that's about, I mean, that's about it. Obviously, uh, Oh, 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 just the other day, the cover. Um, and we also forgot about all the sneak peeks. Oh, yes. All the sneak peeks during this, uh, month. It's been so, so busy. Images. Yep. They've released a series of images from other artists, other than the main artist, Kieran Yanner, who's, course fantastic um but uh you know showing some really good talent some really diverse looks at, at some of the different stuff that we're, we're going to see in these books have you uh, seen this cover the cover is gorgeous yeah yeah it's, i would seen an cover. early i'd seen an early rendition of that i think back during the kickstarter and the finished product is gorgeous I, the shanna said that there was some more slight tweaks that may be made but it's pretty much final it actually reminds me a little bit of some of the uh, covers that you'd see on some uh, fantasy and sci-fi novels back in the 70s. Oh, know. 100%. Um, that, uh, but uh, except, you know, practical armor. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's really cool, though. It's, uh, I, I'm really digging the aesthetic that they've got going here. Oh, yeah. The, the piece that was released a while back, and we actually I threw it up in the header at ninthworldhub.com, the um, – the piece with the, the one of each of the different types uh, that Kieran did um, just really shows how he's really trying to bring a, a fashion context to the, the, the clothing. So it's functional, but yet stylish yeah. in a uber futuristic way. I mean, yeah, I, and even I, just I, looking at the cover, you can see that coming through very well. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, um, he's really bringing nice. something he's, he's tapping into something unnatural right now, bringing what he's bringing. So Hopefully we'll get to talk to him soon because uh, I'd love to pick his brain. Unnatural in a good way. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean that. I, I mean that in a good way. I, I wasn't suggesting he made a deal with a devil or something. Superhumanly awesome. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's, it's brilliant. But I still love Monty's comment from when we inter- interviewed him when uh, when he was saying that Kieran's specialty was not the uh, uh, landscapes and how beautiful the landscapes are. It's uh, it's, yeah, it's It's hard to believe that it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one of my favorites, and I think it was the first sneak peek, was the one of that Kieran had drawn with the uh, the two flying mounts chasing, mm-hmm. you know, one chasing the other. Um, that's just beautiful pick. I, I still want to talk to him about seeing if I can buy that original. It'd be worth whatever. Well, you know. Anyways, um, it's, it's, all it's of the of, treasure you have stocked away in those galleons. I, I, I'm saying stock. this all in publicly so they know that they could hose me if they want to, but. Yes. <laughs> um, the- Thing about it is, it's so the color schemes. I really, I really enjoy the color schemes because everything is so oh, yeah. colorful. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I mean, it, it doesn't come across on everything, but the colors are very vivid to me. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so uh, any other news that I'm forgetting, guys? I think uh, pre-orders are open. Oh, thank you. See. It's a bit of busy month. Yeah, a lot <laughs> of stuff going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody's missed out on the Kickstarter and found out about it through the news or, or various sites or what have you, or through ninthworldhub.com, um, that's like the fourth time I mentioned that we should probably do like a, what ninthworldhub.com. Yeah, yeah, ninthworldhub.com. Did you say um, ninthworldhub.com yet? Yeah, somebody's sure. trash right now. No, um, <laughs> so uh, uh, where where were we? I lost my pre-order pre-orders. Yes. <laughs> if you've missed about missed about it at missed the Kickstarter and want to get in, you can now place a pre-order for what's going to be a 416 page core rulebook hardbound cover. Oh, it's going to be gorgeous. I I'm really, really regretting that I didn't put more money up in the Kickstarter. I mean, I'm getting the, the core book and the, the world book hardcover and getting everything else PDF, but I wish I'd really just plug plunk down for, some of the really nice features like the, the leather bound edition and of the core book and, yeah. and some of the other features, but um, we'll see. I mean, I'm hope, 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 you know, obviously I should be able to buy them on, you know, over the counter and all that, but um, just excited. 
Very excited. Sure, he's going to have a pretty mouth. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Hey, baby, how you doing? No, sorry. <clears throat> so at that point, you kick the out wife out of the bed and, <laughs> and just have the book. Apparently we're now going to have to make this an adult uh, rated podcast. Sorry. Yes. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move on from Numenera in the news. Um, obviously, we have been taking a lot of cold medicine, so we're all a little loopy. I'm drinking yeah. some wine with it. Yay! It's fun. So, uh, I have joined the kingdom of NyQuil. Yes. So we're talking about the Numenera of Numenera, which sounds redundant, but basically the Numenera, these items, are what gives this game its name. That's how important and integral they are to the game. Um, so... What are they? Um, in in Monty's early post back in August, he he talks about the the three main types. Um, there are ciphers. Um, the ciphers are kind of the most important um, use here. They're kind of like while you're a, a glaive, a jack, or a nano, the different types in Numenera, you're likely going to be using some kind of cipher um, in in what you do, uh, and obviously. Uh, nanos are a little better at using cipher ciphers. That's part of their, their shtick, but these are kind of like the magic items of Numenera, but they're not. Yeah, they are, but they aren't. Yeah. So <laughs> very Zen. Yeah. So, so one of the things that's, that's kind of cool is that, and I love this concept that he talked about, and I don't remember where he actually mentions it, but that in a lot of ways, when you're using these, they may not be what the original intention was. Uh, for example, if you're throwing one uh, to, you know, as kind of like a grenade type thing, it may not uh, necessarily that have been the original intention of that item. Well, uh, the other interesting thing about ciphers in general, and, and the reason why that they, they are, but they aren't the magic items is because they're kind of one use items. Basically you have it, you use it and it, it's probably done. Yep. Yep. Well, it seems to me that the strength of these things is going to be that you can use them for things that they weren't necessarily intended for. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's that's what's cool is that it gives you what it can do, but then how you utilize it is kind of, you know, it's going to. It gives you agency there, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be very interesting. And he talks in his blog um, about them being less like magic items and more like abilities that your characters have. Yeah. Kind of like one term new time use kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, something that augments what you do. Yeah. Or very limited time. I think of them almost like uh, it, it, when I, when I read it, I was thinking these are kind of like potions. Yeah. Uh, I can see that, but they're technology based and obviously yeah, exactly. That's part of the whole shtick of the the um, the setting is that these items from the past that are so powerful, they're viewed as magic. We'll get to the Arthur C. quote, Arthur C. Clarke quote later, but yeah, you know, you'll have to hold on and keep listening because yeah, you yeah. got to mention it at least once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might be different this time. You never know. <laughs> so, so they, um, you guys got me off track again. So, so they've have this purpose and and people kind of worship them. They kind of, you know, the, the kind of the big, big dogs are, are people that know how to use this stuff. These are the stones from the Indiana Jones movie. Uh, which one was it? Oh gosh. Uh, the middle one, I think. Yeah. That's how sick I've been. I can't remember the, uh, <laughs> Temple of Doom. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, it's the one with Indiana Jones and the temple of doom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The stones, Sankara, the stones, the Sankara stones. Yes. That's, <laughs> All right, so next on the list is Alima. Oh, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Not, not right now. The heart, put the heart sorry, back sorry, in Eric's chest. Put the heart back in. <laughs> All right, there you go. You don't want to go into the flame. So next is the oddest oddities, um, which are awesome. Oddities are like the quirky bits of things that don't really help you much. They're just so different they're just odd little things here's some great examples he's got on the site uh a glass plate that shows an aerial view of a city that no one's ever seen an egg-shaped metallic bauble that occasionally spins and speaks in a language no one knows 
an aerosol can that sprays sparkling paint that hangs in the air, and a device that emits a projection of a human face that changes expression depending on what direction it's facing. I think these are so interesting because they're they're the items that kind of give character to the game, yep. and they also allow <clears throat> like players to to look at these things and go, "What am I going to do with this? How can I be creative and use this item?" Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's just the thing is that I I know that he says in there that they're not necessarily meant to have quote unquote real game value, but I found that stuff like that can end up being the uh, sometimes even the most breaking things in some RPGs. Oh yeah, Very. because they, if you Absolutely. give something to players, they will find a way mm-hmm. to use it to their advantage. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, I won't. I won't mention a specific from a recent play test that I've done, but yes, yes, a hundred <laughs> times yes. <laughs> the other thing, actually, I thought of when I looked at those, and this is this is going to sound a little weird. But um, it, it's as vanity items. I can see them also being uh, almost just just a very cool thing that people are going to want to uh, to play with. In a way, I was sort of reminded a little bit even of the role that uh, pets had in the World of Warcraft uh, mm-hmm. computer game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because for I mean, there were just things that would follow you around, but they've uh, become these become these major things that people will spend large amounts of money to uh, status to symbols, be able to basically. have yeah status symbols and sure. now even they became so popular that you can now fight with them yeah so, um, <laughs> nice. it's uh it's really just I, I think a thing where people i think will be uh i think people will be into these mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do with oddities in this game yes there uh, without going into specifics there, there's been a lot of uh, laughter at the tables uh, regarding them, and there's been a lot of um, uh, enjoyment of of figuring out ways to use them. So, yes, very good stuff. And then artifacts. Artifacts are the tech devices. Um, they're kind of the big uh, applications, uh, the the big things that that are around you. They're not necessarily something you're going to pick up and carry but they may be, you know, something that propels you along the journey, your journey in some way or some thing to activate something you need. They're kind of like, you know, these, if you've ever, these are your magic items. These are your ring of protection plus one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. They're, they're, they're quite interesting. Um, yeah. But he points out that these are things that anyone can use. Yep. And yep. Unlike the magic items in D and D, which sometimes you have to have a specific class or what have. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. And then that is a good uh, differential. You know, ciphers. You know, you've got very. You can only use a few at a time. You can only keep a few um, on your person, even. Um, so you have to choose wisely. And you know, nanos excelling at that. They have a little bit more leeway than others. But they, they uh, understand how to handle them a little bit better. Right. Whereas artifacts, you know, and, and I guess you could kind of almost think of ciphers as being a little unstable, you know, and especially being that you you're likely using it for not what it was meant for. Yeah. Um, artifacts are probably going to be a little bit more straightforward. Uh, it actually he even says they're going to be more straightforward. So, yeah. I'm, I'm correct <laughs> it. Um, and then last but not least are discoveries. And these are kind of anything that doesn't fit into those other three categories, anything, because that's the, the main point of this game. It's not to go out and kill everything that you see moves. It's to discover things. It's to learn. It's to, um, you know, f- figure out maybe some far off ruin or, or something that, that may have drawn people from the past, but nobody really knows what it does now. Good stuff. Yeah. And I like the example he gives of the, they came up in play testing of the underground hover train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that too. And discoveries basically being things that you aren't necessarily going to use day, day by day, mm-hmm. but they're important for that time. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely the, the cornerstone of what the whole, the whole game is about. Um, then we're moving into, and we have been, uh, as before, we've been basing a lot of our conversations on some of his earlier blogs because it gives us a good foundation to have these conversations and, and conjecture without really breaking any NDAs of stuff that we we have seen or, you know, having to struggle with the lack of information that is out because of those NDAs. So, um, But going on to the one now, it's called Four Types of Numenera. 
Um, and these are interesting because these um, add a whole other layer to what we've those items we've just talked about. So let's see. Um, we have uh, three different, four different types. Um, scavenged. Uh, in other words, these are things that you've found just laying around. Uh, something just like a typical dungeon crawl where you happen to come across some sword that's un, un, you know needs to be identified for to see what kind of magic property it has. Mm-hmm. Um, then there is something cobbled. That's when somebody maybe of different uh, uh, backgrounds or, or experience can actually take a couple things together and come up with something new and some new function because of how the two items work together. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I like that idea a lot. Oh yeah. Basically taking a bunch of different things and putting them together and using them for probably what they weren't meant to be used for. Oh yeah. Um, and then bonded, um, bonded are ones that are completely, uh, tricked out kind of, um, think of it, it you, you find a, really cool old car and you take it to some, one of those places that they feature on TV and they kind of, you know, pimp, pimp the car out. That's what a bonded one is. It's, um, it's totally incorporated into something else, but it, it has this beauty to it. (laughs) I want a keyboard with teeth. Yes. (laughs) Because everybody needs a keyboard with teeth. It's important. It's going to bite your hand. Don't type. Don't type. That's, That's the idea. You touch my keyboard, it'll bite you. <laughs> and then finally, like are fashioned. And these are ones where someone is literally um, working and build something, whether it's uh, – the example here is imagine a, a clave of Aeon Priests, which uh, Aeon Priests are the, are the types that are like really – they know Numenera, like the end-all, be-all. They're kind of like the bishops of nanos, if you would. Um, yeah, I think and, he talks about them in the uh, Amber Monolith. Yes, 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 yes. In fact, wasn't so. That, read the Ember Monolith. It's good yes. stuff. If you haven't yeah, already, because, yes, because uh, yes, that's I don't want to give away, but yeah, that that has to do with somebody who is very important to the Aeon priests. Um, so yeah, so so there, he's suggesting here that that a clave of them have studied in an ancient laboratory for years or even generations, and you know, determined how to create an elixir that they've discovered, which speeds up what, wound closure and tissue dating by an order of magnitude or more. So in other words, it's it's people applying their knowledge of Numenera's that they've found to create some new Numenera. Yeah. Uh, kind of like found technology, you know, found... Uh, Re-engineering. Like <laughs> reverse engineering. Yeah. Yeah. Engineering, yeah. Uh, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Any any thoughts on, on anyone that you would love to, like, kind of see? You know, I kind of can see having a character that would do cobbling of devices. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Yeah. I like playing tinkerers sometimes, yeah, yeah. so that, that kind of thing seems uh, pretty up my alley. That would be cool. I've never been the guy to trick out my car, so bonded probably doesn't fit me, but yeah, the cobbled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> cobbled is definitely the place to be. Very cool. Yeah, and fashioned actually also looks pretty cool, the fashion devices, but I expect those are more specialized things you'd find. Uh, not, not uh, you wouldn't find them quite as often, I think. Yeah, but what will be interesting is that they are, have been created for specific purposes. Um, yeah, I think these are more likely the types of things that you may find in a in a village, or yeah, I mean, you know, that might not be the case. It might be more like you know, you know, you come on on a village and there's Wado's junkyard, and you you know, whatever <laughs> you find in the back is you know something and you kind of figure out how to use it and there it's there's your item you know you take the keyboard with teeth and i will t- no i'm not gonna go there <laughs> yeah anyway <laughs> yeah don't do the horrible uh stereotypical. I, will not, I will not do the horrible stereotypical accent Excellent, yeah. <laughs> oh boy strangely um, enough this is not the first time i've done the wada voice on a podcast i, I, I have no doubt of that jim no yeah. doubt whatsoever <laughs> We have that realization of you, Jim. <laughs> I can imagine entire podcast dedicated to you doing that voice. Yes, okay. very much so. Uh, no, we didn't go quite that far, thankfully. <laughs> it's just a step away, though, right? All right. So now we come to the time of our episode. Very, very special time. 
Again, we need music for this. Yes, say, treasured, <laughs> treasured moment, and which you know, Jim takes his uh, the stand at the podium. <laughs> he gets on oh, his yes. soapbox. <clears throat> so uh, I think that uh, yes, this needs to be written into a jingle. Uh, so the uh, the quoting question that uh, is coming up next is uh, that quote once again uh, from. Uh, uh, Arthur C. Clarke, it's uh, Arthur C. Clarke's third law that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Uh, of course, we now also have that the uh, Barry Games car- corollary to Clarke's third law, which is that uh, any technology that is distinguishable from magic is not sufficiently advanced. But that's perhaps another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, is that a syllogism? No, um, so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, obviously we keep mentioning it because that is largely a cornerstone of what Monty's bringing to this game. Um, and in this specific uh, pod or uh, blog uh, post back from late November, uh, he talked about it a little bit. Um, and his, his question is really hits to the point of something. Cause sometimes when I've had to try and ex- describe Numenera to people new to the game, it's so easy to fall in the trap of trying to describe it in a way that's contextually around, you know, the grand old game. Um, and it's really not. And, and that's exactly what he's uh, addressing in this pod, this blog point that, you know, his, his comment is, is it really just fantasy with the serial numbers filed off? Um, so this is where he gets into about limits um, that some of these items that we've been discussing tonight there are limits to them. Um, and that's really important in the game uh, because otherwise it just becomes kind of ludicrous. Um, and you want to be a GM that says yes to anything if it sounds reasonable and, and doesn't completely de- derail the game. But you will end up with those PCs who are players who want to essentially power game. They want to, oh, well, I want to take this oddity and use it in this unbelievably complex way that really has nothing to do with what it is. It's okay. Right. <laughs> so, um, you, you're gonna, you're gonna have to figure out that it just, some things just don't work. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not magic. It doesn't work like magic. There are actual laws you have to follow to <laughs> <Yeah>. make it work. <laughs> Although we are, we don't always have to obey the law of, of physics and such, but we will have, we will have laws, so to speak, as far as everything can't do anything and everything. Yeah, um, and that strangely enough actually opens it up to more character types being able to use them, mm-hmm, which I think mm-hmm. is actually very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, that, that is definitely a good point. Mm-hmm. I do. I, I like that. You know, that's always been like a big problem uh, with me and some of the other systems. And he kind of talks about that as as li- in in this subheading of life after death. Mm-hmm. And to where it's like, you know, with resurrection around what, I mean, what fears do your players really have? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's one of the kind of fun points about other types of games that really don't have that type of mechanic to where, Oh, you know, uh, John just, just bit it, you know, let's just grab a piece of his finger and go back and we'll just get yep. it recreated. Yeah. You, know, so, so, you know, John's like, okay, I don't really, I don't really care. I'll run in there and, I'll uh I'll go all crazy and uh, you know if I die just bring me back you know that that's not yeah. going to happen in Numenera that's not what Numenera is about that's not what Numenera the actual items ciphers and artifacts and all that it's that's they're not about bringing you back once you're dead you're dead and I think that that gives a that gives a cuz you know we're all human we all we all are here and then we're gone gives you kind of a better play experience. In my opinion, it, it, it gives that fear because there is no fear in other games. You want to fear for your character. You want to have something that gives that note of excitement because, I mean, that drives you to play. That, that to me, makes it a more fun game. Absolutely. If you're not really on the edge of your seat, mm-hmm. then what what are you doing? You know, yeah. what? why are you playing the game? What What are you getting out of it? I think that kind of culture has really what is what's driven the power gamer. Yeah. Because it's so easy to bulk up and do all this type of stuff to be the best of the best because there's so little fear of any reprisal. Yeah. 
Um, and there needs to be a balance. I mean, yes, you're playing heroic characters, but you want to, you want to have some re- semblance of reality. Well, and plus that, you know, what is heroism? If, if, it, mm-hmm. if anyone can just run in there and attack yeah. and, and, and they die and then they come back, you know, mm-hmm. is that, is that really a hero? No, a hero is someone that, kind of, you know, is sacrificing something for something. Yeah. Not not to say that you can't sacrifice without fear of death. I mean, you certainly can, but I'm thinking about your comment about cutting off the finger and, you know, and that is literally what's done in some games. Yeah. But could you imagine some guy saying, don't worry guys, I'll take him here. Cuts off his own finger. Here, resurrect me in a little bit. Okay. Bring me back. (laughs) Lunges in and takes off. I mean, seriously, I mean, why couldn't you do that? Leroy Jenkins. Yeah. Uh Why couldn't you do that? And then that's, and, but what I find interesting is that what you would, you know, you, what you might maybe, uh, have possible in the in the Numenera setting, although maybe not accessible to the PCs, is there might be cloning out there somewhere. Sure, there could. Um, so there's a chance you could actually make another one, but uh, it's uh, not going to be the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. well, and that, that's kind of that's some kind of the things he talks to. about too. There aren't like there aren't like whites, and there aren't like the skeletons in the natural sense. There may be things that may animate stuff and things like that but it's not it's not the same it's different <laughs> I, I love his point here is this is the kind of philosophical discussion isn't going to help you while the thing tries to chew your face off yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and this it really hits home i think that when it comes down to it this setting is much much more science fiction than it is fantasy oh yeah yeah it's grounded in that. And so you have to, you know, with science fiction, you have to follow the laws that are in there. Mm-hmm. Now there's uh, you know, uh, there are fantastical types of science fiction. And right. I know that of course, now we're going to get thousands of emails from the uh, people who, uh, who, who, who are very much into specific genres and uh, don't mm-hmm. like genre bending. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so sorry, sorry about that. But uh, that's really, this is really kind of more that type of science fiction where it is, uh, has a very specific thing going on. And I'd say at best you might it might be like a type of science fantasy where you have the scientific devices doing these wonderful wondrous things that we can't even do now. But uh, at the same time it's still grounded on some basic uh basic ideas that you can't really get away from. Those are what help define the setting of this entire game. Yeah. Um, the next section, he talks about sympathetic magic that, you know, like begins, begets like, and that, you know, a lot of the magic items you have are the way they are because some power has been put upon it from some power source that would make sense. I.e. if something spits fire, it's likely been touched by a fire elemental or a fire dragon or a fire freak or, you know, whatever. Um, Whereas in this, it's not that way. Everything is a mechanical device, so mm-hmm. it just works because someone designed it to yeah, work. Yeah, because that that's way. what it was kind of yeah. made to do in a way. Yep. yep. Or our side effect of what what it's broken <laughs> now, so it's doing that. But but that's the reality <laughs> that we as players understand. But yeah. as player characters, <laughs> that's what's the difference. Is that many of them may truly believe that these are mystical things that are happening yeah. and, and yeah. that they may this activate. Is a, this is a dragon's tooth. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, they may activate because <laughs> of a certain ritual that's done, uh, even though it's some part of that ritual that they're not grasping as being, you know, I think he talks about in here about maybe somebody does something and it makes a door open. Well, maybe the door is opening because uh, it, it's, it's, He's hitting yeah. a certain tone, right, or right, something yeah, like exactly. that. By by do by saying a certain name, it mm-hmm. hits it hits a certain tone on some scale, <laughs> and it opens sure. the door. <laughs> I, I see some comedy things definitely possible yeah. in this game due to something like that. You know, <laughs> oh, where some... definitely, I am just seeing it's like something. Will you will you summon the will you be able to cause the the magical fire to spring into life? Yes, here, let me summon the petroleum elemental. Lights a match, sets it on fire. There! There you are. You are magic. Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, talks about the typical type of uh, beings that, that inhabit a, a fantasy-type setting, and they're definitely not in here. Um, they're more kind of extra dimensional, 
extra dimensional or um, there's there's basically there's more sciencey reasons why a creature is what a creature is and not uh, mystical or mythological uh, origin. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Any sort of sprite that I would expect to see, or I probably wouldn't even expect to see this. Comes, comes in a can. Maybe it's a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Those are the only kind of sprites that I see. I don't know right? about With the rest lion. of you. <laughs> Right, just like I was thinking, like AIs or something that might still be around somewhere, maybe. It's... Yeah, little tiny flying robots. Yeah, or fairies. It, <laughs> yeah, there is definitely a. Um, uh, there, there are characters that again I can't mention or or even talk about the situation, but some of their features or creatures, I should say, some of their features are um, mind-blowingly cool, and really are going to challenge a GM. Uh, to play them because uh, it's 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 different, man. It's different. <laughs> I, li- I like um, how he talks about the benefits of limitations. I yep. think it's really uh, interesting how he talks about you know putting putting limitations on things have actually made them broadened them and not made them smaller. It's made them bigger in the, in a sense. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's true. When you start like defining things and and thinking about things and their limitations. That uh, you know, it, it, they become more real necessarily, and they they just make them more big in our minds. Well, and and more awe inspiring because it's not just uh, explained away by magic. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not just going. It it's there because it's there. It, yeah. it exists because it exists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it, yep. it it reminds me a little bit of of um, Eberron. You know that you've got the 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 floating part of one of their cities. And it's explained that it's a, it's magic that makes that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in this game world, you know, how that type of thing could happen is a story in and of itself. Yeah. It's not it, just because right. it, there is something going on. <laughs> it, it can break. <laughs> it can go away. Yeah. yeah it's very cool. So um, obviously the more we get into some of these topics, the more we're peeling back the layers of what makes Numenera unique, uh, an interesting game. Um, I, I have to say I've not really in the playtests I've done, I've not really dug in to the, um, some of these artifacts and ciphers and stuff because honestly they intimidate me a little bit and, <clears throat> uh, it's hard to really grasp how powerful they are and how they will affect whatever it is you're trying to, you know, deliver, um, so, uh, uh, it's going to be interesting when we have a little bit more guidance on how to integrate these things. I'm very much looking forward to that. Mm. Yeah. I think it's going to be really cool. I think uh, I, I can't wait. <laughs> it's, I think as I've been saying since the beginning, it would be nice if this were out now. <laughs> yes. Yes. We did jump the gun a little bit in putting this together, but I think um, from some of the comments I've seen uh, from people who are listeners, I think everybody enjoys these conversations and have thought some of the same things. And, and it's nice hearing other people echo them. And, and obviously as we get to the point where we can talk more about certain stuff, um, you know, we'll help prepare people for the game and, and get people in a, a good Good situation for that. So, all righty. Well, that's the end of our main section. Um, unless anybody has any last things to say? Nope. Nope. I'm good. Okay, great. Um, well, then let's go on to our final section of the, the night, um, kicking it forward. That's Eric's section. So, Eric, lead on. Well, as you know, we all have participated in Kickstarter and, and we, we monitor and watch Kickstarter all the time. And so we thought what, what better than to draw your attention to some of those Kickstarters that uh, we're kind of watching and we're keeping our eye on, uh, eyes on. And um, whew, that was hard to say because one of them that we want to talk about is eons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was looking at that. Uh, I was looking at that name and it just wanted to leap out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're kind of uh, into board gaming and such, uh, our fellow hosts that are that are providing us with uh, hosting and such, they have a Kickstarter. Yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, the guys from D20 Radio had started a, a group called Gamer Nation Studios. Um, they're great guys. Obviously, they helped us get started, and they've been doing the uh, Star Wars uh, 
podcast Order Sixty Six for years, and they and some others they've been inv- in, uh, involved with have started this group because they're all gamers like us. And yep. you know, how many times have you sat around and said, "Man, I have this great idea for a game I'd love to to make happen." And that's what they're doing with this Kickstarter. They're starting a uh, a really nice looking board game. Um, they have some decent stretch goals here and some some logical ones, and they're real close to getting funded. Um, and they got twenty one days left to go, so yep. uh, hopefully they will get funded and get some of these stretch goals because it looks like some nice nice features that they would be adding on if they do. It's uh, essentially a resource management strategy game, and you know I'm just reading this from there to make it easier. Uh, where players build and destroy stars and planets to create the best universe, score points, and mm. win. So, if you're into the resource management, which those those can be uh, those can be fun for some people, and and some people aren't into them, but hey, I think they're pretty cool. I mean, we've all played we've all played Warcraft back in the day, and I, let's talk it's resource management. <laughs> I was I was thinking here about uh, about this game and about how it's you know you're creating a, a galaxy as you said mm-hmm. um i wonder if god had to deal with resource management because this would yeah. be kind of you know <laughs> interesting concept okay i'm sorry need oh, more timber time tangential tangential must have more timber <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah right, right. <laughs> must mine more rock <laughs> <laughs> must trade now, as, AMs for bricks. as <laughs> as someone who builds universes regularly i can tell you yes it is a concern <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yes, Jim is our uh, resident universe builder. <laughs> but yeah, it, it sounds really interesting. You have really only so much time and space in your brain to be able to get concepts hammered out. <laughs> that definitely is one uh, you all should check out and uh, listen to their uh, video and and definitely participate if you're on the, into board games and all that kind of stuff. It'd be a great thing to jump in on, especially since it's almost there. It's got 21 days to go uh, and, you know, it's by uh it, it's by a good company and you know sometimes that's hard to come by in Kickstarter you got to watch that so definitely one to look at absolutely uh, another one I, I've got my eye on I'm sure some of you uh, the rest of you do is of course Interface Zero Savage Worlds uh, Cyberpunk Cyberpunk's one of my favorite systems back in the day I remember many many a night in the basement with uh with my gaming group playing some Cyberpunk and going crazy. And so, yes. uh, interface zero, yeah, gosh, jump in. It's, 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 it's taken off. It's done really well. Several books. Soon, What's that? It's over soon, isn't it? Yeah, yes, it's actually, yeah. Only a yeah, few only more days. Four days left. Mm-hmm. And they've, they've hit quite a few stretch goals. I mean, they've got the, uh, the core book. They've got, uh, uh, some miniatures. They've got a Japan source book. They've got a new Seattle source book. Uh, a couple novels coming out. Um, nice. Republic of Texas source book. Um, they've got the Walmart catalog, which I just I can't wait to see that. And uh, recently, just kind of unlocked is the solar system. So now you can take all your cyberpunked out characters all over the place. So definitely, definitely take a look at that one because uh, if you're a Savage Worlds fan, it's uh, it's a, it's a great it and interface zero one by itself was great. So this is only going to make it even better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see another one that's up there. Uh, that's fairly new. Uh, it's one called wicked fantasy, which is kind of a new pathfinder setting book that kind of looks at your typical classic fantasy races from a different perspective. Oh yeah. And John wick who is uh, setting this one up is famous for doing that. He, he, he takes genres and he turns <laughs> and them every on game ear. he's done is looked at them completely differently and it's fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, if anyone has ever seen houses of the blooded, that's basically the anti D and D. There's also that cat game. <laughs> what is that cat, cat game? Ah, oh, gosh, I can't remember what it's called. Oh. Didn't, didn't John wick have like a game? That's something about cats. I, I could think be he did it. He did L5R, um, which is, I don't think about cats. Um, <laughs> and uh, let's see, John Wick cat game. Now Searching presents Marketplace Cat. A, uh, cat, a little game about little heroes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> that uh, John Wick is selling on his site. Uh, cat revised, actually, now. Oh, um, <laughs> the alterations to it. It's, apparently it's $5 for the PDF. Uh, <laughs> 
Nice. It's a game about house cats protecting their owners from monsters they can't see. <laughs> uh, kind of like, wasn't that a little segment in one of those movies that came out in the 80s? Oh, Based there was like a, a movie Stephen about that, King. wasn't there? Yes. I remember the cat laying down Sports. by the kid and protecting yeah. the kid. Yeah, and it was tied to that whole urban legend of cats sucking the breath out of babies yep. or something. And oh, yeah. <laughs> turns out they're actually trying to, <laughs> trying to save them from little monsters that were actually doing that. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the uh, Don Wick, he's he's got some really cool stuff. It's, it's very different. Everything he puts out is very different. So it's always neat to see like new mechanics and new uh types of role playing and you know that's that's one person to definitely keep an eye on yeah yeah i mean i've i've really expanded out recently i mean coming from a background of essentially basic d20 with a little star wars d6 and i don't know i experimented with some other little games here and there dc heroes and top secret and stuff like that but other than that pretty straight d20 so uh, really trying to come out of my shell and play some of these different uh different games uh, and getting excited about mechanics, you know, games like the, the Marvel hero, heroic role playing and fate and, and all these other ones. So, yeah, I, I, my collection, that's the reason why I collect them is to just see different mechanics in play and stuff like that. It, I'm fascinated by game design. I don't think I could ever do it myself, but I'm fascinated by it. <laughs> Someday have, our, our collections will pay off somehow. Nah, I doubt it. <laughs> They've already paid off for me, though, because they provide me hours of entertainment. Sure, sure enough. And they well, I, take money out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have re- see, I should have uh, been doing the same thing as you know, just sort of just letting letting the the game, just playing the games. But for some reason, I've tricked myself into thinking I can actually design the bloody things, and uh, I'm, I'm actually getting ready to I'm actually getting ready to start alpha testing a game that I, I just finished the alpha test document this morning. I saw that um, on, on uh, Google or something today. <laughs> Congrats. So, ah, yes. Thank you, sir. It's, I'm going to start playtesting. I may actually be doing some uh, playtesting over Google+, Plus. so I guess if uh, anyone's interested and wants to throw us a line, um, uh, just... Uh, well, tell uh, us about it. Don't pass you? it on. Oh, as well, it's... The- I've, I have. I am working on a game called Genesis Undone. Uh, it's basically about a race at the dawn of civilization. Uh, so very at the beginning of its story, but it's told like a Shakespearean or Greek style tragedy. Um, and the idea is you play these characters who are pretty much at each other's throats, um, and you use tarot cards to essentially narrate what's going on. Um, and so I'm going to see how it works and if it works, and hopefully it'll. Uh, uh, once I've got it kicked into shape, I'll actually like drop it on drive through RPG or somewhere and just cool. uh, see if uh, cool. folks are interested. Hey, you um, could put out kind of a, a, a beta and then it goes, yeah. well, maybe you do a Kickstarter. Well, it's a possibility. It's definitely uh, something I'm considering. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll jump off that bridge when I come to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it slow. <laughs> but uh, speaking of which, actually, there are a few Kickstarters I wanted to mention. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, uh, there's actually one that a couple of friends of mine are doing. It's, uh, a Pathfinder project. Um, it's called Bite Me, the Gaming Guide to Lycanthropes. Um, <laughs> I kid you not. That's what it's called. Nice. Um, it's, uh, Christina Stiles and Dawson Kriska. Um, Will the se- sequel be Suck Me, the, the guide to vampires? They, they are thinking about doing others along those lines, actually. <laughs> so Excellent. It's, uh, it very well may be. Um, so they're basically looking at, uh, doing stuff for, uh, uh, rules for playing where creatures in a Pathfinder role-playing game campaign. Um, and, uh, it's basically, uh, they've, uh, they've recently been doing a lot of work on the Midgard setting and they're also doing work on a bunch of other stuff. Um, and I only get to see them usually at conventions these days, but, uh, it's, uh, it's got a few days left on the Kickstarter as of this recording and they're not quite at their goal yet. Um, they're getting close, but uh, if anyone uh, feels like taking a look and if uh, you think that maybe you might want to pledge for it, go for it, because I think it could be a worthy endeavor. Cool. And so there's that. Um, let's see. There, are, I've got a bunch of others. I think I'm going to, for most of them, I'm going to just, just wait for the lightning round before I mention them. Okay. Um, but uh, the, there is one I, I did want to, well, it's really, it's two that go together that I kind of had felt I had to mention here. Uh, did you, do you know about the open source, the open source death star? Yes. I heard about that. Uh, yes. I've heard <laughs> that, about that, that one Kickstarter, 
is still running. Oh my lord! Um, it's still got you know over thirty days to go on it, and they've actually made uh, on the on the Kickstarter open source Death Star. They're talking about building a Death Star. They set the goal at twenty million pounds, and they've actually made three hundred four thousand pounds already on it. <laughs> They've gotten people to pledge that much. That's crazy because probably uh, nobody thinks it'll ever be. Well, yeah, and that, that's kind of the point. They did it as a joke, but yeah. uh, people are actually pledging on it. And I think they're really. Uh, I was listening recently to uh, a friend of mine has a podcast uh, which he calls the Weird Show, uh, and he was uh, opining that uh, people are really more <laughs> pledging on the idea of uh, of the thing. No, here's uh, here's the greatest now. Somebody is crowdfunding the Rebel Alliance X-Wing yes. squadron to, to combat them. <laughs> and that's the other one that, I, that, that goes hand in hand with that now. They're now doing a crowdfunding Rebel Alliance X-Wing squadron. And that one's made $478,000. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, that is $11 million. There's somebody else who's doing a single one, but this, these guys are going for a whole, uh, a yep. whole squadron. And all these different light levels. It's, it's hysterical. And uh, people are pledging on that. And uh, I, I think it's great. That yeah. They're really, they're it's up really to half a million. That's nice. I think the question becomes, what if one of these <laughs> projects actually makes it to their goal? Yeah. What are they going to have to do at that point? Right. <laughs> They've got to actually build a Death Star. <laughs> and, what, and what kind of stretch goals do you put on building a Death Star? Really? I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, I do uh, like how under the fact they talk about, can we destroy Pluto Earth? Another planetary body. <laughs> Any decisions on targets will be based on donator pledge amount. Higher pledges first. <laughs> the amount is unimportant, but you will be required to pay for shipping. Yes. And it's just, the, I know that they're jokes, but I just love the, the fact that they're out there and that people are pledging. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Well, it's the, the initial one is just for the plan. Their stretch goal is 20 million pounds for more detailed plans. And enough chicken wild to protect the reactor exhaust plants. <laughs> and a stretch Will goal. it be solar powered? Yes. We got to protect those exhaust ports. That's Unlikely. It's their Achilles heel there. Of a number I can't even pronounce. What would be more than million, billion, trillion, whatever's more than trillion? Yeah. 850 of those. For nice. se secure full funding for the actual construction. Classic. The only risk is the power of the force. And isn't that really the risk in all? Yeah, I think that pretty much, you know, the power of the force is always yes. a risk. Yep. Yes. Classic. Classic. Uh, yeah, I'd heard about the Death Star, but the, the X-Wing to, to combat it, that's that's good. That's good stuff. Uh, lightning round. What else we got? Anything else? Well, I've got a few things, but I don't know, Eric, do you have anything you want to There is one here? that I thought was kind of cool, and it's it's kind of a little bit off on the side. It's not a game, um, but there is uh, one out there called Legends Fantasy Violin, and Ooh. it's a fantasy music CD uh, by a violinist Julia Ogrusko. I, I probably mispronouncing the last name, but it, it, in oh. listening to it, it's beautiful. Oh, Ooh. it's beautiful. Oh. Um, it's got 20 days to go. Um, it's almost made its goal. But uh, if if you're one of those people that likes to incorporate like music into your gaming and you're running a fantasy game, it's it's definitely there for you. There's actually a popular thread on ninthworldhub.com um, where people are talking about music to play along with the Numenera. Mm -hmm. uh, so ah, cool. that's on ninthworldhub. Well, and I'm sure it would fit as well. It definitely. Uh, I mean, it's. I, you guys haven't listened to it. Definitely give that uh, press that play button, and you'll, you'll enjoy it. Sweet, cool. Well, go ahead, Jim. Uh, I, yeah, I've got a handful of them. I'll try to get through them quickly because I don't have an addiction. I can quit whenever I want. Really, I can. <laughs> Tap um, the vein. <laughs> Tap the vein. <laughs> At least it's not hurting you. You can hear me tapping. Go ahead. <laughs> So let's see, free RPG Day 2013 Neo Exodus Adventure for Pathfinder RPG. That's out there. They're uh, trying to crowdfund their uh, uh, their free RPG Day game that they want to put out. This is by a project by Lewis Porter Jr. in Cooper City, Florida. Um, so that's uh, that actually looks uh, kind of interesting in that there's well, – I haven't really delved too much into it, but people are – Saying that there uh, there are some cool things going on, and there's you know a snake person on the uh, on the cover of this one. So I mean, <laughs> who can't 
who wouldn't want a snake person to play with? I mean, sure, really. absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Let's see. Uh, Aktung Cthulhu, the ah, World yes. War II Keepers and Investigators Guides by nice. Chris Birch from Modifius. Nice. Um, I've actually had the pleasure of seeing um, Aktung Cthulhu modules before, and they do their homework. Yeah. Uh, nice. They're actually very good about that. Um, and it's uh, basically it's a, a terrifying World War II setting for the Call of Cthulhu and Savage Worlds role-playing games. Mm. Um, and it's uh, and actually, more specifically, I think you play with Realms of Cthulhu, the setting there, and this is something you can kind of tack onto that. And uh, so this is uh, specific stuff on, about the secret history of World War II. And, I mean, you know, uh, Nazis summoning Cthulhu. I think that's all I really need to say here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> It says it all. It, it does. Uh, let's see. We've got one called an Andronia Region of the Turmoil RPG Guidebook, um, which uh, is another one of those that I just sort of uh, clicked on because it had a cool sort of elemental looking thing on the cover. Um, that's, that's all <laughs> it takes. That. That's all it takes for Jim. It is all it takes, <laughs> it, pretty much. Uh, let's see. We have the uh, Machine of Death, the game of creative assassination. A uh, game and party game in which it's totally possible to drop a box car full of rabid piranhas onto the king of France, likely even. <laughs> so just with that tagline, I think nice. that's uh, something helpful. And he is way over his funding, so he's going to get it. Uh, but that's still got like 20 some odd days to go. And that looks like that might be pretty cool and fun. Uh, Doppelganger, the universal game piece. This looks like a game piece that you can actually it's a little digital board uh, yes, and role playing game piece. You can upload pictures and put them on there and have them move across the board. Oh, very cool. So yeah, that was I saw cool. it, but I didn't really investigate it. Yeah, That's the cool. early bird specials on that one are gone, but it's yeah. still got it's got a few days left. Um, John Schaefer's At the Gates. This is a computer game, um, but this is actually uh, an interesting sort of inversion on what you would normally see. It's a you lead a barbarian kingdom to glory during the final days of the Roman Empire. Ooh. And it's uh, it's an empire builder by John Schaefer, designer of Civilization Five. So um, that's I think something anyone who's into Civ Five really I think should take a look at this um, because and the era of course is one that I've uh, I'm I'm uh, very fond of and Ooh. so it's uh, one that it looks like they've hit their goal but there are a few days left if you want to get in on it and so that's looking good. Um, the Maze of Games, an interactive puzzle novel which looks kind of fascinating. I've always liked uh, sort of little books that uh, uh, integrate that kind of stuff. Um, to, uh, uh, so it's like you've got the novel going, but then you've got all this uh, uh, other stuff, the little sort of uh, uh, fiddly bits that you can do with the book to try to figure out the puzzle of what's going on. Um, and it's, it's basically it's a hardback puzzle novel, over 50 puzzles, and a deeply engaging story, all woven together in a solve-your-own-adventure style which keeps you jumping from page to page. And so I'm just curious to see what, uh, what shape this thing's going to take. And so that one looks good. And then finally, has, uh, I know you guys have, uh, have seen this, but I just want to make, for anyone who has not heard about this, since it's only been out for a few days, uh, the Kickstarter for Three Doodler, the world's first 3D printing pen. Yeah, oh, you, yeah, you, you told that. us about that one. That's that looks incredible. awesome. This one that. is I would get up it to 1.8 million already. That's crazy. Wow. And well, it's a 3D deserved. pen. Yeah, it, the, the, the videos you, you shared with us of, of what they were doing in there is insane. And, and the whole, uh, what was it, the Eiffel Tower that they had the, 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 the template for and they, they put it all together. That's just incredible. Incredible. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you, you can... Seriously, you can can draw little plastic sculptures with it in the air. Yeah, you should. Yeah. I, I swear, this is like this technology is happening. So if if you yeah. want to know what uh, what the Numenera are going to start looking like, yeah, between, this between could very and, well be one of them. Between them and Google Glass, I think we know pretty much what the future. Yeah, is. I'm kidding. Exactly. And right now, as of this recording. Um, it's uh, the, the goals are limited and they keep going up right now. You can get one for seven for seventy five dollars. Yeah, um, but that's that's going to be gone eventually. There are only uh, six hundred some odd of those left right now. And then it's going to go up to the next tier. Nice. It's like just under a hundred. Nice. And so, you know, act now <laughs> if you want one of these things, because uh, this is going to take off like crazy. 
that's all I've got on the, the Newman era. The Newman era. The Newman era podcast. Of our, of our time. Kickstarter <laughs> corner. And thing. Jim comes Creature. unraveled. Duh, that's right. Where am I? Hour. That's perfect. Can I go back to my room now? <laughs> I'm confused. What year take, is it? Take your pills. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, so this is going to wrap us up. Um, I think we've had a pretty full show. Um, you know, I was sitting here thinking that we really did a disservice um, not really going through the, the sneak peek part for Numenera, but um, maybe that, that'll be a good topic for next time, I think. Um, uh, and, and, you know, who knows, maybe we'll get some, some help in to, to talk about some of those. But uh, definitely check them out because there's some crazily different stuff in there that's really going to show you the breadth of what what the game's really going to bring to to us. And um yeah, uh, that's all I'm going to say, but definitely check it out. We've got them uh, all um, as featured photos on ninthworldhub.com, 17. And um, that uh, that's pretty much wrapped us up for tonight. You guys have anything else? I am spent. I am spent. too. <laughs> yes. Uh, took, <laughs> took all the energy we had out of us. So let's sign off on a high note, but uh, let us know if you have any questions. Um, thanks for d20 radio as always for hosting us and uh, helping getting us started and keep keep looking out for more information more is coming out every day come to ninthworldhub.com it's not a, a shameless plug it's really I, i'm really trying to, to serve the fan community of numera that's growing right now and uh just let me know if there's anything that 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 we're missing on the site or anything that that uh you have questions about it's a good place to come and get some of those answered those that can be answered outside of the NDA. Um, and soon maybe, uh, maybe that might not even be a, as big of a thing. So check oh, in guys. Or later. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, uh, keep checking in guys. Uh, keep, keep playing. Anybody who is a play tester who's listening to this, I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. Um, and, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get more and more information and we'll continue to share it with you. Cause, uh, we're, we're as interested to it as you are. So definitely. So with that evening, folks, Good night Take care. and God bless. The Transmissions from the Ninth World podcast is not affiliated with Monty Cook Games. It has been produced under the Creative Commons license and is for entertainment and information purposes only. Music provided by Kevin McLeod. Transmissions from the Ninth World is a proud affiliate of the D20 Radio Group.